This is number six in the highlights from seasons one and two of The Natural You. This episode centers around the feminine and features three amazing women. Rachel Talbot leads us off in Unmasking the Feminine. Then Charlie Malt talks about the emotional, intuitive and energetic aspects of her journey with breathwork, chiropractic and plant medicines. Then Stina Hatz shares her fire and unique upbeat message with us to support us in overcoming our challenges. But I was cross about it. I felt angry is probably more accurate. So I made a decision very, very early in life that I was going to be better than the boys and I was going to beat them. And luckily, well, luckily, I don't know. I'm quite academic. I worked very hard and I pretty much beat all the boys at school. And I took up a sport. <laughs> I have to laugh. I played a lot of hockey, field hockey. <laughs> And I played mixed hockey because yeah. I could beat the boys. <laughs> I look back wow. and go, my God, I must have been hard work because I was super competitive. <laughs> and what it actually did was it developed all of my masculine attributes. Yeah, it actually fed me more and more into the system, which I think we still live in to a very big degree, which values the, the male attributes over the feminine. So anything that was arty-farty or touchy or feely or soft or gentle, I would dismiss as of no value. What was value is academia, achievement, facts, science, knowledge. I mean, everything, I think, I think everything is valuable, but that's what I valued. And I, I think my, my aspiration, I was born in 1970. Margaret Thatcher came to power in 1979, and I was so pleased a woman was in power. I look back, she was the least feminine woman. But I didn't understand that at Absolutely. the time. And so, yeah, I think a lot of my generation of women modelled ourselves on the kind of women who were successful in the 80s and probably 90s. And they were women who were really embodying the masculine. And I still struggle to find really good public figures who really embody the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. I find them in the more alternative world, Yes, but not mainstream. It's really about learning to listen because I don't think that is a feminine or a masculine attribute. And when I say feminine, I don't mean woman. And when I say masculine, I don't mean man. I mean the qualities that we, we put towards the two. But a huge part, if a woman historically, when I was growing up, said, I can hear that everything you say makes complete sense, but it feels wrong, she would be dismissed. Yeah. And I would be with the people dismissing her. And it's really taught me to listen to that side because it doesn't matter whether that comes out of a male body or a female body. It doesn't matter who's talking. We all have an inner, an inner knowing. I guess if you say unmasking the feminine, what's for me that has been unmasking the parts of me that I, I had to shut down to fit in and to be what I thought successful was. What's happening, I'm seeing a lot of women initially get very, very angry. And there's a lot of suppressed feminine anger and with honestly quite good reason because women have been pre treated pretty awfully in society. I mean, I think we got the vote in Switzerland in the 70s. I mean, you have to go, wow. And women still get paid less than men for doing the same work. We can go blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of anger and a lot of women as they wake up want to do to the masculine what was done to them. And I think that is it's understandable and it's not the solution. I think the feminine is rising in men as well. 
it's just less obvious. So I think men are also starting to value intuition, feelings, the softness, whilst still being able to hold on to their, their, their masculine attributes because turning a man into a woman does not solve anything. It's actually really uncomfortable and unpleasant if you see a masculine man trying to be feminine. As the feminine rises, I actually think the masculine needs to rise as well because I think at the moment what we're seeing a lot of society is low level of both. So an immature feminine might use sexuality to get what she wants or petty squabbles. You see it with the teenage girls. They get very, very bitchy and it's not pretty. It's not attractive and they often get what they want by behaving like that. But you don't think, wow, that's a she's going to grow into a woman I want to love. <laughs> she's going to grow into a bitchy, manipulative woman. And the immature masculine would use force, would use his physical strength to dominate and would use the privileges that society has given him to have power over somebody else. The rise of the feminine, for me, it's about recreating community. I think that's something that women do better than men. They bring people together. And I know of my of my female friends, we all have networks. And I think women, and yes, we use the internet, we use technology sometimes to do this and to feed our connections. But for me, the future has to contain a lot, lot more community because the old community of growing up in the same street as where your mother, your mother grew up there, your grandmother's down the road, your aunt is two streets away, that's gone. And I don't think that will come back. And I don't think it needs to come back. But I think we need to find ways of having community so that when you need help, you don't have to go far. You don't have to find a stranger. You can just ask your friend who says, you need to talk to this person. Through all your experiences and the wisdom that you've achieved through going through your steps of um, coming back into your body and lose coming out from that numb state, as you said, um, what were some real powerful tools? I would, and this would apply to men or women, I would make sure I get out into nature, ideally every day, but at least two or three times a week. And if you live in the middle of a big city, there are things called parks and even a garden. It doesn't matter. It just We just need to remind ourselves that we don't live on this planet. We live with this planet. Now I don't really see the difference... I don't, I don't actually think that there is a difference between what we're really doing, the essence of it, with chiropractic and breathwork. We're helping people heal and evolve as we heal and evolve ourselves. The singing, that's, come on, obviously you're an actor and uh, and have those skills and you learned how to use your voice, <laughs> I'm sure. So is that just something you used to do or something new to you? And how does that how does that help you ground and integrate? Yeah, for me, certainly when I've gone back to um, my inner child, uh, singing has always um, lit me up. But I also think it's it's a really great way to um, just just to become embodied and be in this earth <laughs> and be joyful and happy with where you are. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a tool that's that's really helped me having that having that regularity where I can go in a group and sing. So when you say grounding, uh, people, it's the word that a lot of people use and uh, and we throw around when we before you know before we're going to adjust, we need to ground ourselves. Um, 
what what is what does that uh, mean and uh, feel for you? So I think that grounding is coming back to the earth and really being in your body and being calm and steady and present and aware. And particularly for me, you can probably tell by the way I talk on this podcast, I can be a bulldozer through life. And I think so it's a calming for you for you it's a calming a calming thing so it's like so if you see yourself as perhaps too energized uh, or too kind of uh, up there it helps just calm you down what's it like for you the difference doing sort of one-on-one work with someone um, and then uh, and compared to a, a group setting is there are there different durations are there different kind of things that you're looking to happen in between those two so group um one-to-one sessions are my favorite is actually what I spend the most time doing um because one obviously you build a really deep connection with people and this is me with my special word again (laughs) but I feel like and everyone is special but I feel like really special people get drawn to me So I found it really beautiful spending time with someone um, and getting to know their story. And um, I, for me, maybe it's because I'm a woman, because I'm very feminine, how I do it. I think it takes a lot of time to really take someone through a journey. So I'll often spend two hours with someone and some people can lie down for 10 minutes and they're chatting with angels. And then some people they really need your grace and your time and your presence. Um, and I think that's how you can really create a change. And, and I can never quite predict how long it's going to take. In a group setting, is I often pe- hear people talk about the group energy. Is there, uh, I mean, I, I've been in group breathworks where you can sort of feel that move around the room or across the room or things like that. Um, how do you think that plays in people's experience in the breathwork? Oh, good. I mean, I've... I've been fortunate enough to do a session with you and you're, and you're right. It's, there's something, um, there's something about being together. It magnifies the experience and it it can feel sometimes as well, like you're really in each other's journey. And I think it's a completely, for me, it's a completely different experience. What can you uh, tell us to um, uh, perhaps reassure us or guide us um, in looking to have a, uh, an experience that might change our um, our perception or um, uh, an altered state of consciousness. So I would say I think I think breathwork is beautiful for this because you can experience very similar feelings that you, that you might feel when you take mushrooms or when you take ayahuasca, but you're with your breath and you're with your body. And if you're in a safe space, then you can be guided through the whole process. Um, I think if you're looking to explore other plant medicines, really taking your time and not jumping into it and, um, going in again in a space where you feel safe and where you feel really looked after. Um, I I do, I think that's the most important thing, being with people who are really going to look after you and guide you. Um, and also having people that are going to help you with the integration after, because it's not it's not just the experience, it's after. Um, and I really do feel like you get called to do some of these practices at the, at the right time. 
And I also know that you love skydiving. Oh, yeah. That's going to be, That yeah. you do, and you do uh, uh, fire walks, and you do ice baths. So I'm picking up a trend here. Is there is there a little bit of an adrenaline junkie in there? Is there? Um, That's a good question. Is, are you doing it for the thrill, or do you just love the excitement, or is it the buzz that's around you because it always seems to be in a team setting. Mm -hmm. So I'm picking up there's a team there as well and the communication element. Uh, which of those or is it all of them? It's funny because it has nothing to do with adrenaline, nothing. It's all about mindfulness Okay. actually because when you work with an emergency patient, if you go skydiving, if you go walk the colds, the hot colds, if you sit in an ice bath, you are absolutely in the moment. You only concentrate on the moment. And there's nothing that brings you more into mindfulness, into the moment, to experience this second you're in uh, so intense and um, so, yeah, mindful. I just had an experience this weekend with a young lady um, who was very afraid of doing a tandem. She's a very good friend of a friend of mine. And she said, I want to go skydiving with you. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not a tandem master, but come to my drop zone. And she was so afraid. She was so nervous. I have not seen someone so nervous in a long time. And I started talking to her and I said, um, what if this is going to become or be the best experience of your life. And actually, she started coming down. She went up. She jumped out with a tandem master. She landed and she said it was the best experience in her life. And I think that is the big difference, that there are some people wow. seeing the possibility of something like irrational, crazy, uh, like walking hot coals, sitting in an ice bath, uh, doing a tandem jump or your own jump might be the best experience in your life. How do you manage your fire so that it's not destructive or you contain it for it to be safe? I tell you, the one moment in my life, I think, where I had most of my fear that I ever had, I was 39 years old. I was sitting at the dinner table and I had all the symptoms of a heart attack. Wow. And I'm a paramedic. Uh, I'm even a teacher for paramedics. So I had a pulse of 32 on my wrist. Yeah. But my heart was pumping with around 100. I had um, chest pain. I had uh, really panic. I was, I had fear of death. And um, my husband then said, okay, I need to call an ambulance because I, he's also a paramedic. So um, I think it might be a heart attack. So my colleagues, my own colleagues picked me up with uh, the ambulance and on the uh, EKG, my husband couldn't say if it's not a heart attack. So, um, and Fortunately, luckily, it wasn't a heart attack, but it was a severe heart rhythm problem because of stress. I worked up to 70 hours a week. I didn't do sports. I didn't do meditation. 
that was the moment, just one year after I did my tandem, that I said, okay, stop, I need to change to be aware of my fire and to not let it burn myself. I don't take things so serious. That is so important. Mm. I can laugh about myself so much, you know. You need to. You need to teach. You need to teach me that one. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this is a process, and it's like talking good to yourself is one of the most important things. That's why I have my affirmations. That's why when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I also have a negative thought, and then I say, I start laughing and say, "Ah, no, come on, Stina, you know this doesn't work this way." Think about something positive, you know. And then, what what would you bring up? What what would you bring to mind? In that I instance? woke up. What sort of positive? I woke up today. I woke up today. I woke up today. I woke brilliant. up today, and I'm thankful. Some people, some people, some people didn't wake up yes. today. And I know it because I used to work as a paramedic. Thanks for listening. I've included the links to each of the full episode in the show notes. Why not pick one that spoke to you today? Follow your intuition and dive in. Before I sign off, if you want to hear how we can move away from our dominator patriarchal model, which is characterized by hierarchy, domination, fear and violence, to a world where and a way of living that uses collaboration and partnership instead, have a read of The Chalice and the Blade by Rian Eisler. I'll also put a link to this book in the show notes. Till next time.